We love to have our cake and eat it too, right? We love to have our cake and eat it too. We love to have it both ways. Just, I mean, take the cake, you know, take the cake example. I didn't find a chocolate cake because I don't like chocolate. Um, uh, that would be more up my alley right there. But take, take the cake example there. Take the cake example. We spend all winter shoving cake down our pie hole. It's kind of oxymoronic. But anyway, we take all winter shoving cake down our pie hole. And then the bathing suit season, suit season comes out and we start trying to cram for the bathing suit season. I mean, Matt talked to me a couple weeks ago about, about this. He's a, he's a fitness equipment uh, sales rep for, for like Walmart and stuff. He said they're flying off the shelves. Like, like little belt things that like basically make you sweat the excess cake off. And so we love to have our cake, but eat it without consequences, right? So that we can get into our bathing suits. The easy way around having our cake. In our culture, we love, we love, we love to sin. But we love to sin without consequences. We'll go a long way around consequence. We'll spend a lot of money around consequence. We will do a lot of things to get around the consequences of our sin. And not only that, what we also do is we show those as those that sin without consequences as the cool kids. We lift them up and say, hey, look, 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 these are the cool kids. Follow them. Emulate them. They're, they're, they're shining stars. Look at them. You're like, no, we don't. Just pay attention to commercials this afternoon, especially if you watch sports. Just pay attention to the commercials. Because many commercials are about, hey, look, 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 look at these cool kids. You can do this without consequences. The church that we're looking at today, the church that Jesus gave a performance review today of, the church in Thyatira, the boss gave a a performance review of them, and it has everything to do with this, sinning without consequences, and how we really like to sin without consequences. See, there was a cool kid among them teaching, saying, hey, look, 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 look. You can sin without consequences. You can do this. In fact, you want to do this. You want to be a cool kid. You want to be the top of society. And, and so you can sin without consequences. And you can come to church. You can look spiritual while doing it as well. That's what this church was dealing with. And so let's take a look at this performance review. Revelation 2.18. Follow along on the screen with the, with the Bible app as well, or if you just have a hardbound Bible. This one probably isn't in the picture Bible, just to let you know. Just probably not. You'll see why. Write this letter to the angel in the third church in Thyatira. This is the message from the Son of God, whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. I know all the things you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. He starts off with an attaboy. Hey, look, all the metrics of faith that we want, you are getting better in. You're getting progressively better in. When you started, you're eh, but now you're doing much better in this. Your love and your faith and your service and your patient endurance, you're doing this much, much better. But I have something against you. And if the boss has something against you, you need to perk up and listen, right? But I have this complaint against you. You're permitting that woman, 
that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. I will strike her children dead. Happy Mother's Day. Probably the only church in America talking about Jezebel on Mother's Day. Congratulations. Perfect. Yes, perfect timing. We'll just claim God's sovereignty. This is just where we are in the series. Thank you, Jesus. So what is this all about, right? This just got pretty intense all of a sudden, right? So Jezebel is a reference to an Old Testament person, Queen Jezebel. King Ahab in Israel really didn't care about God, even though he was supposed to. He was supposed to lead the nation of Israel as king towards God. But instead, he really didn't care about God. He made a foreign alliance with another country that God did not want him to make by marrying Princess Jezebel, and she became Queen Jezebel. And he was spineless, okay? He was completely spineless, a male without a spine. Go figure. Uh, oh, by, by the way, mothers, you're like, yeah, what are you going to preach on Father's Day? About liars. Okay, so <laughs> seriously, seriously, seriously. PA's got it. PA's got it. I'm leaving. So congratulations, bro. Yeah. So anyway, Jezebel. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. She brought Baal worship into Israel. Baal worship into Israel, the, the worship of a foreign idol into Israel. And she said, hey, look, your God is dead. You can sin without consequences. You need to be the top of the social status. And you need to worship Baal. Participate in the festival. Sacrifice to Baal. Participate in the prostitute worship of Baal. There will be no consequence. This is the time, uh, time period where Elijah rose up. Elijah the prophet rose up and, and directly opposed Jezebel. And so here Jesus is referencing this Old Testament person, Jezebel, and saying the same thing is happening in this church. The church at Thyatira, they had somebody teaching them in the church saying, look, all the cool kids are doing it. You want to be a cool kid. They're participating in the festivals. They're worshiping idols. They're participating in the, in the prostitute worship. There's no consequences that's going to come down. She is saying, she is saying, you can, you can sacrifice purity. You can sacrifice purity at the altar of being a cool kid. You can sacrifice purity at the altar of being a cool kid. And there won't be any consequences for it. Maybe you're like, well, you know, like last week, I don't deal with Shrine prostitute worship, so I'm good. But we still sacrifice purity at the expense of being a cool kid. Maybe for some of us, maybe for some of us, it's our language. Around a group of people, certain group of people, our language gets crude. Why? Fit in. Maybe, maybe it's the kegger. Around a certain group of people, it's the kegger, it's an addiction. You do this, why? To fit in. Maybe you end up bullying because, well, you want to fit in with the cool kids. 
and you want to fit in. Maybe kind of like what, some of what we talked about last week. Maybe it's in the boardroom. Maybe it's you want to kind of show yourself to be better than you are. Why? To fit in. Look, we all deal with this. We all have these twinges in our heart to go here. Why? Because it is a desire of our heart to be on top. It is a desire of our heart to be a cool kid. And I believe that God has placed it there. More on that in a moment. But what becomes the sin is that when we sacrifice purity for the sake of our status with other people, that's when it becomes a sin. There is no action that does not have a heart start. There's no action that does not have a heart start. We saw the provision last week. This week it's cool kid. Sex isn't about sex. It's about something else. Addiction isn't about addiction. It's about something else. Gossip isn't about gossip. There's some issue of the heart that is the genesis of the action. Jesus doesn't want you to change your actions. He wants to change your heart. He wants us to make a big deal over sin, not make a big deal over consequences. He, does, he wants us to feel sorry over sin, not feel sorry over consequences. Because that's what we do, right? We're sorry that we ended up receiving the consequences. We're not sorry that we end up that we are in our sin. But see, the thing is with consequences, it's actually a grace from God. Well, how is that? Consequences are there designed by God to break our heart and pull us back to Him. See, consequences are better than death, correct? And that's what sin was supposed to get us immediate death. Instead, he postponed death. We receive consequences designed to break our heart and pull us back to him and to purify us. How do I know this? Let's keep reading. Then all the churches will know that I'm the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person. And I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. He wants, he wants the consequences that are, that's going to come down on Jezebel and therefore her children, those that are following her into this teaching. He wants those consequences for the church to look at those consequences and go, oh my, God's serious about sin. And to break our heart over our sin so that he will purify our heart. He wants that to happen. We've also read something else that clues us into this. It starts with who he is as a person. We see that he has the flames of fire in his eyes. And that he has feet like polished bronze. You're like, wow, that doesn't sound like it's, it's fun. I'm not saying it's fun. And if we keep our heart hard towards the sin that we have, those two will come against us and smash us. However, through repentance, through the filter of repentance, he wants to use those two things, the fire of his eyes and his feet like polished bronze, to actually purify us. Like, how's that? Glad you asked that question. It's the next part in my notes. Here's how he does this. What does the blacksmith do? 
with metal that he wants to use for a purpose, he puts it in the fire. Why? What happens when it goes into the fire? When it goes into the fire, the impurities come to the top, doesn't it? And then he scrapes off the impurities off the top. The same thing happens in our heart with Jesus. When we submit to him and say, I am tired of my life, I am tired of the consequences, my sin is a big deal, and we repent of our sin, he puts our heart through the fire to bring the impurities to the top, so he scrapes off the impurities off the top. He does not want to change our actions. He wants to transform our heart because when an extraordinary God intersects our ordinary life, it cannot stay the same. And he wants to purify our heart, not our actions. And so he wants to take our heart through the fire so the impurities come up and say, I, he tells us, I've earned your purity. So therefore, I will give it to you. Just give me your heart so I can put it through the fire and scrape the impurities off. But then, but then, when, when, when the metal gets hot, what is it? It's malleable, right? You can, you can, you can shape it into a purpose. And that's what the blacksmith did in this day. He took that hot piece of metal and then he took a hammer made of bronze. Interesting, huh? To beat the metal into the purpose that he had, whether it's a sword, whether it's a nail. And he wants to mold your heart into the purpose that he has for you. For instance, for instance, Nicole and I, we spent years not doing with our money what God wants us to do with our money. I'm not talking about the 10%. We tithe. I'm talking about the 90%. We got ourselves into debt. It's a big problem. He convicted us, broke us, we repented. He took our heart through the fire, started scraping off the impurities, and he started molding us for his purpose. So this last Thursday night, when, when we had a college small group at our house, we were able to talk about successful finances in God's eyes. Why? Because he's taken us through the fire and he's molding us for his purpose. That's what he wants to do. He wants to use the consequences to purify your life and your heart so that it can be then used for a purpose. Those of you that are sitting there, maybe, maybe you're sitting there going, oh my, you're reading me like a book this morning. It's not me, it's Jesus. He's got the eyes that sees. I don't know what's going on in your heart. Jesus does. But the good news is, is that repentance is a grace word. It tells us that he does not expect us to be sinless, that he earned sinlessness and he wants to give that to us. Repentance is simply a grace word saying, I've blown it. God, take the impurities out of my life. No matter where you are, there's hope because there's a reward on the other side of repentance. We'll get to that in a moment. But for those of you, those of you that say, man, I don't have a good testimony, meaning I don't have a bad testimony, meaning I haven't gone completely off the deep end. This isn't really my issue. Look, we've got, we've got seven churches with issues. We'll get to you in a moment, okay? And it's a different week. But maybe this one isn't overly your issue. 
God's got a message for you. But I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira. I have not followed this false teaching. Deeper truths, as they call them. Depths of Satan, actually. I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. He's telling you, those of you that are like, ah, cool kid. I mean, I see that I could be tempted there, but not a big issue for me. He's like, hold tightly to that. Don't play the game. There's hope for the one that has played the game through repentance. There's hope for the one that hasn't played the game through holding tightly to what you have. You don't have to have a good testimony in order to be used by God. See, those of you that do have not played the game, you know what you don't have to do? Go through the fire and be beaten into submission. Right? It's what God's, Jesus is telling them here. You don't have to go through the pain of the consequences to purify you. You can be pure by just simply hearing and following me. I will make your heart right. But there's a reward. Jesus gives us a reward for hearing and following him through either repentance or just holding tight. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end, to them I will give authority over all the nations. They will rule the nations with their iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They have the same authority I received from my Father, and I will also give them the morning star. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. That last sentence, our vernacular is hear and follow. When you hear and follow, he will change our heart. But what's the reward? It's twofold. First of all, he'll let us rule. He'll let us rule with him. He'll let us rule with him alongside of him. King Jesus. Well, maybe not this King Jesus because who would want to rule with him? But with the revelation King Jesus, the one with the sword coming out of his mouth, the one with the eyes of fire, the one with the feet of polished bronze, riding in on a horse like a boss with a tattoo on his thigh. That's the revelation Jesus, the bad mamma jamma Jesus that we're going to get to rule with if we stay faithful to him. See, the cool kids say, you'll get to rule here today. But what Jesus says is, for all eternity, you'll get to rule the cool kids. If you hold tight. If you hold tight. If you repent, if you hold tight. But there's another reward. The reward of being the bright morning star. And you might be like many other people that go, we have no idea what he's talking about here. I was praying through this and thinking about the whole cool kid idea and stuff, but what do we do? What do, we do? What do we do? I kind of inferred it earlier. What do we do with the cool kids? Set them up and go, look at that bright morning star. Well, we might not say that sentence, right? But, but look at that. Look at that person. Look at them. There's something to be emulated there. What does Jesus say? You will be that something to be emulated. You will be that person that people will look to for all eternity as the bright morning star. Not because, not because we've done it ourselves and earned our purity ourselves, but because Jesus gives us his purity. Because, listen, 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 students, get in to this. When, when the cool kids run out of cool things to do, guess who they look to? Those that are pure. 
100% of the time because they realize they've reached their end. Jesus will let us rule for all eternity and let us be the bright morning star for all eternity, but in his grace, he may, be let, he may let us be like Daniel and Jacob in the Old Testament who did not sacrifice purity at the altar of being a cool kid, at the altar of being the top of society. And what happened to them? They became second in command in Egypt and Babylon in these foreign nations that did not worship God. And they got to be people who ruled and they got to be people that people said, look at them. And they got to be people that then got the chance to unveil kingdom principles because they were second in command. You may get to be at the top of your field someday here on this earth. And that's good. Pursue that promotion. Just don't sacrifice purity at the altar of the promotion. Get to there. Get there so that people get to ask you what is about your life. And you get to talk to them about kingdom principles in your job, in your field. He may allow you that grace here on earth, but no matter what, he will allow you the grace of ruling and being the one people will look at for all eternity. He will. He promised. It's the reward. For those of you that are here that may say that you're a non-fan this morning, that you're not quite sure about this Jesus thing, let me share, you, share with you a secret that all Christians have, but none of us are willing to say. We are intimidated by your life. We look at you and go, why would they ever follow Jesus? They have it all together. They look like the cool kid. It looks like they are having a blast. But maybe you would say, it's a facade. And it's a very thin one at that. And the consequences are catching up to me. And it's devastating my life. What you see is a facade. What Jesus would tell you this morning, stop playing the game. Because it's a game that Satan wants you to play to destroy your life. Get tired of sin. And there are going to be people around the back of the room that you can talk to and pray with that have this same issue, but they've repented and they simply want to help you through this. And for those of us that, 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 that lordship is not the issue, that salvation is not the issue, maybe you, there is something, a cool kid issue that you need to repent of. But otherwise, start practicing your homework this week, your prayer work this week. God, give me the faith to not sacrifice purity at the altar of status. That, you, that I will trust you with the status you want to give me when you want to give it to me, for the purpose you want to give it to me. He will make us a cool kid someday because he's the cool kid of all cool kids. Will we trust him for his timing? His purpose. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for being the Lord of Lords. I pray that in our life that we vacate the throne. 
so that you can occupy the throne that you want, that you, that, that you should have, that's fit only for you. Convict us where we need to be convicted. Bring us to repentance. Most importantly, give us the life, give us the reward that you want to give us. We thank you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.